Hear you out there. Not dying. Come on now. Who divides? Who divides it all? The living and the dead. Come on now. Yeah. Step it up now. Pop the clutch. Or you're fired. Come on. Step it up. Another third. Quickly, please. Thank you. Thank you very much. Delivered from Herod and from Pharaoh. 
Just don't hippie. That's hippie music. Come on, let's move on now. Big news. Okay, here, here's the end. I, I don't know, I play it all because I I wait. Come on, nobody plays guitar like I do. <laughs> 15 years old, that song. I mean, it's insane time, huh? But um, so here's the thing. And I, it kind of began over on the, uh, you know, what began it was just the confirmations about the thing falling apart, you know, that we voiced here on the prayer group and that we, uh, that I've been talking about. And, uh, the, here, here's more to the point. I prayed against them and they fell. That doesn't mean they're not going to get back up and God's moving all the dimensions. He's moving everything. But he definitely took that whole plan Event 201, Rockefeller Foundation paper, National Institute of Health, Klaus Clowney Schwabi, uh, the, 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 the people who called the, the fourth turning the fourth Reich, um, everybody in the club, all the dumbass celebrities. Just about everybody you can think of got moved out of place. In fact, it wasn't moved. They didn't actually go from like point A to B. They went from A to dash. And then now it's like an A again. And so when something like that happens, and, I, and you know, I'm not surprised because I know that, you know, my biggest problem, and see if you can relate, is when I feel kind of not confident or when I'm feeling that kind of, that horrible triggering that I get that, uh, you know, it may have been from childhood and stuff, but I just seem to not be able to get over it. And I'm beaten down and I just feel like giving up and I don't give up. I don't ever give up, but I... I, so low, I get, you know, the day goes by, nothing got done. I can't move my arm, my leg. I'm getting older. It's I'm huffing and puffing to get around. I'm, I know I need to lose weight now, and I need to, you know, never, it was never this difficult for me. And, you know, all the things seniors talk about. Um, and, and what does it matter what I think? What does it matter what I say? You know, that's depression, you know, this versus. Verses, and you know, can you just feel what I'm saying without me saying it? Versus the opposite of that. What would be the opposite of that? I move the stars. Of course, it's my Lord moving the stars. But what makes me utter move the stars? The Lord. 
Okay, now that kind of power is probably not, <clears throat> most people couldn't handle it. But after all, folks, that's what we are, you and I. We're star movers. We're galaxy movers. We're Milky Way movers. We're billions and billions and billions of stars moving every which way in and out of time and space movers. But we don't take hold of it. And the key is, and I should have lined up a couple of scriptures here about faith, but I mean, you can go to, you know, the the faith chapter of the Bible is, I mean, it's all about faith, but it, I would say Hebrews 11. But it's bigger than that, too. You have to almost go back to Genesis. You know, and just back to the creation. And... um it's funny that we were all um, many, and I'm an obscure talk show kind of thing. I've been under the radar for going on 21 years. <laughs> but unbroken, right? Unbroken, you know, with a straight line. <laughs> and, um, and that is by the grace of God. I mean, that is by the power and the glory of God Almighty. Because otherwise I wouldn't be, you know, basically invisible. Now, those of you... There's a couple of people in Arkansas when I was there with, remember the beloved Frank Wayland? Wasn't, wasn't he? I just really miss him. Um, we went back there and he sponsored me for a book signing of, uh, was it Glass Backwards, Trish? Yeah, I think so. Great book if you got it. I was excerpting it just the other day about, you know, the, the, the characters involving in cutting his mother's head off. Gee, I wonder what I was thinking. And, <laughs> and, but it was pretty well written. And I, I write better today than I did then. I used to think that was my best thing. I couldn't beat it. And I quit for a long time. But I'm back. And I'm better than that. Got much better than that. I'm so much better than that, so many more magnitudes better than that, that I have to, I have to dedicate myself to the time I have left to, to, to piling up a few books. Because, see, books can be converted into screenplays. Books can be converted into uh, audio. You know, it's, it's like the great catcher-upper. You know, the, my, the great contribution I can make, I think, would be, you know, books that can be used for, you know, that can be used as material as a basis for other things that have the longest, you know, not just a shelf life, but these ideas are eternal. A lot of the ideas I talk about in books and things and things I know about, you know, trauma-based mind control, uh, the club, industrialists, um, politics, you know, that we've been talking about all this stuff that we've been seeing. The only difference is in the last year or so, you've actually seen everything we've been talking about, including, you know, gobsmack, including... The, 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 the pedo network. I mean, I, just, I still have a guy like I, there's, oh, um, well, I won't go on, but, but including the, you know, the, 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 the pedocracy, if you will. And I call it pedocracy because the, 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 um, obsession with these people is youth and also children, you know, and, you know, harming and torturing innocent things, and not just for adrenochrome, but for power. 
you know, the power is derivative. As I've said from the beginning, and I've probably said it for that many years, the power these people have is derivative. A lot of people say, well, they're like parasites. Yes, they're like parasites, but the power is derivative in that, you know, it's so funny when I used to observe these UFOs that you'd see an object in the sky and there would be light. You go, oh, that's an airplane because it gives off light, right? Then you'd see a UFO, you know, maybe it's hard to find. I mean, I've just seen a few in my life, but you see a UFO and, um, you know, whether it be even in a film or, you know, a credible sighting or something. And it, um, it doesn't uh, give off light. It's, it's brightly lit. And it can be right like next to a tree or a house or something or a building. It gives off no light because its power is derivative. It's just so funny. It's like there's the two examples right there. And, okay, so the child of God, you know, and you, you people are all made that way. You're not, you know, you, you, it's, you know, you have free will, but you were made the way you're made, which is child of God. I know people don't like to admit that. It makes them seem exclusive. It's, well, it is kind of exclusive in the sense you're not tares, you're wheat. The, world's, the world sees you as tares, but you're really wheat. The world sees them as heroes, but they're really scum. It's the complete back-asswards, uh, you know, way of looking at it, or, or, you know, way of existence. But here's the thing. I don't need your energy. I don't need to light up a few nuclear bombs to prove that I've, you know, to suck up that power. I don't need to... to you know, tax the downtrodden and then send IRS agents with, you know, weapons and machine guns after the, the poor people to uh, harass them, as Biden does. What a disgusting dictator he is, huh? I don't, I don't, I don't need any of that. I don't need celebrity to, you know, to overcome my, you know, uh, uh, abuse. I don't need the approval of mommy or daddy. I don't need the approval of friends or associates. I don't need to prove anything. And as long as I walk this path of Jesus, though I may not have perfect discernment, he does. So I do. And so any scam, anything meant from harm, even if I don't pick up on it before it happens, which, you know, that happens to us, right? We get distracted, but God's there backing us up. God will turn it around to use for good. It, it ends up being good in our favor. And those who bless us, the children of God, are themselves blessed, but you see the pride that wells up and the hatred within the people of the earth, and I feel sorry for every single one of them that sows to the earth, that, that belongs in their mind to the earth, that, that plants their, their hopes and dreams in the earth, that is basically ending up in an entropic void. 
I need to read more books. My vocabulary is kind of waning here. Books are good. Anyway, you see, the thing is, is that uh, because I'm, you know, it's a, as if I'm my own generator, my own solar power, my own, uh, you know, my own food supply, my own water supply, my own air supply, completely self-contained in Christ, in God. But it doesn't mean what people think out there. It's a, it's a, it's a cosmic state, meaning a multidimensional state of existence that because because God is so whatever he is I am and um in the end we're just one voice anyway but i mean it, but but here we are in the in the multiplicity and we've been taught that we have no power that we're the scum of the earth that we're pure shit that we're we're um, you know you know despicable uh, you know people that were uh, bigoted by the Bible and anti-human and anti-fun and anti-gay or anti I don't know anti-murder anti-lying you know all the things people love to do and you, you, you know um, accused. <laughs> Of everything under the sun, of everything, of everything, of everything that could happen, it's projected off of them who do it, who are in the wrong, onto us who don't, not only don't do it, but walking with Christ, covered by the blood, that makes us not only innocent, but that makes us righteous, to throw it off on the righteous, and the rabble that is unrighteous goes, get them. Give me Jesus. String him up. We'll teach him who the king of the Jews is. Give me Barabbas and free him. But give me Jesus to crucify him. And um, that pride, that nasty, mean, mean pride. I like to tell the band Rush, God bless him, that... Uh, Today's Tom Sawyer is no different from yesterday's Tom Sawyer or the day before or the day or forever, right? Mean, mean pride, baby. Mean, mean pride. And you see, who runs this uh, cycle of hate, it's nurtured by, you know, generational witchcraft, sorcery, and bloodlines over all this time from the from the from the beginnings in Babylon to the king of Babylon, the first king of Babylon, who was Satan. And it's been cultivated all the way down from Cain to the present time. I'm actually quoting lyrics from our song, Lizards. And um, Ben, Ben's, now Ben's, that's my, uh, that's my coffee there. You want to get up here? And, you want to get up there? Get up there, man. It was so funny. <laughs> I got a little bit of a confused dog here because, you know, he's kind of my sidekick at this point. I mean, it's wherever you go. But then again, he's also curious and he likes to run off too and check out things. But, um, you know, I got a little bit bigger cage, a 42-inch. And um, it was time to, you know what I mean? He's grown so fast, it's just unreal. It's <laughs> unbelievable. 
So we put together this 42-inch cage, which that just gives him room to stand up and like his tail will touch the top, but not his back, you know what I mean? And he can stretch out in there and sleep. And so I, you know, so I'm going to bring him to bed last night because he's really learned to be in there and then go out and do his business and then come back. You know, he's got that whole rhythm down. Faster than any dog I've ever seen. I mean, just ridiculous. So he goes in his cage because the cage door is open. And so he goes in there and he, and, he, and he flops down and I say, okay, I'll see you, you know, in a few hours. I go back to the bedroom, you know, hop in bed. And, um, you know, it, it, eventually I see that he's actually in the bedroom on one of the pads. But he had to start with a cage because he's been used to that pattern, right? Cage first, then sleep. Then, then when he's got to go, get him out and then have him do his thing. Then, then give him the reward of the house afterwards. And so he'll, he'll go put himself in the cage and then last night must have been the most confusing thing because the cage door was open all night. And the house, to me, looks spotless. So it was open all night. And uh, he was in there anyway. And then he was back in the bedroom, and he was just having a ball, I think, with the... Uh, I know everybody was having a struggle with the full moon, you know. Everybody was struggling. The animals were really struggling with that moonlight. And, um, you know, he was. And weird dreams, weird dreams, you know, demonic dreams, trauma dreams, dreams that would come in that would, you know, regressive dreams, dreams of the flesh, dreams on, you know, for me would be, you know, I guess some of the, some of the bad dreams would be, you know, would be self-punishment, self-hatred, self-flagellation. Whatever, you know, just, you know, mommy trauma, right? And, it's, and I was thinking to myself, got through it, and I repented, you know, and I was like, wow, that, that hit me in my dreams, you know? And, I, and I'm just like, how long does that take to get over that? Indeed. Isn't that amazing? So the damage was done, you know, and mommy, of course, represents the world or the system, right? The, the world system at that time. So the damage that was done, you never really, you know, it keeps having that effect. And what we can do is we just have to restrain ourselves from indulging in that pattern of going down that road of self-hatred, self-flagellation, you know, any kind of fetishes, any kind of, um, you know, whip me, beat me, make me write bad checks, things like that. I mean, if that's your thing, it, you know, some people get in a superiority uh, you know, trip, <laughs> that's probably worse. But no, those that's really bad because see, that kind of thing where, you know, the witches control you, which is what ends up happening, uh, is, is they're controlling you to move you away from success. They're controlling you to move you away from accomplishment. They're controlling you to move you away from just doing your basic duty during the day of being a human being. They're controlling you away from praying for other people. They're controlling you away from reading the scriptures. They're controlling you away from, from, from you know, just, you know, flinging yourself fully into Christ for all answers and all things and getting in agreement with God as to what direction to go. So now they've befuddled you and you're going in circles. 
And it's because you indulged in a pattern that got started way back then and probably got hardwired into you, got sexualized into you in a way, so that, you know, it has a power. Since it's about to get a power. That, that kind of power, sexual power, can really pull you down and destroy you. But, but see what they're doing. It, p- picture the sexual power igniting in you like that. You're going along and you're fine. Then all of a sudden that, 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 that awful thing comes up, whatever it is. Picture like these witches, instead of being in like these robes and stuff, as, you know, as, as fishermen. And they're fishing, um, you know, they're throwing the line out there and they hook you and they get you into that pattern, okay? So the whole goal is, is to kill you. In other words, like you ask somebody, let's, let's stop right here. You ask somebody, you ask them, okay? You ask them, you know. Okay, so let's say a guy gets ensnared. He goes, you know, I want to be a slave now or whatever. <laughs> you know, plenty of those. And um, he goes down that path. Where does that lead? Ask the witch. And she'll tell you it ends in death. First, it ends in de- degradation. Then it ends in failure. Then it ends in death. And what was meant to be accomplished goes unaccomplished. Job well done, witches. Chalk one up on the board for them. Take one away from God. Okay, so that's what they're doing all day long. I mean, not my metaphor, but, you know, in various ways. All day long. And they're scanning, you know, and they're all amongst us. You know, they're the psychopaths amongst us. We call them psychopaths, but you can also call them witches. Same thing. Same exact thing. Controllers, you know. So, uh, yeah, no conscience, you know, and, uh, and, and no mercy. That's the other thing about them that you have to know. There's no mercy. There's no, like, you know, maybe we're wrong, and gosh, I really tortured him so much, maybe I shouldn't torture him anymore. Gosh, it's like taking candy from a baby. It's so easy. <laughs> Look at all the power I have now. Zzz, zzz. It's, you know, well, the only antidote to that is to knowing who you are, allowing these hiccups to come in because there is going to be hiccups. They're going to use sex power. They're going to use hunger. They're going to use um, desire. They're going to use all those things to try to hook you. But the difference is that when they hook you, what they're trying to do is get you to be going down the opposite path and thinking it's the right path. There's a way that seems right to a man, but that way leads to death. That's what they're trying to do. Okay? That's, that's what they're all, all in total trying to do on the earth. There is no other game in town. It's man. And the fall of man and the management of the fall of man into the death of man. In other words, when we all read Genesis recently, we all knew God did not get his replenishment. It's like we, we never saw that before. We never understood that. We never really got the word from God on that exact thing like that, that the world was not replenished. We never got that. 
Oh, we know there was the flood because of the hybrid of the hybrids and the chimeras and the half man, half lion, the, the Harari fantasies. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go I'm not even gonna comment. So um no, I mean, because he falls, it's like he falls right into the hand of what God is warning about in his scriptures. It's like he, and I know he's a, he's a scholar of the scriptures. Oh, well, so we move on here. Um, so the whole goal is the elimination of the populations of man and the elimination of all sentient beings and all beings the elimination of carbon means the elimination of biology or you know that which god made right in genesis the birds and the trees and the you know oceans and god said we we made male and female and before he said he, he took the rib of you know uh you know and 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 and, and and breathe woman or whatever it was. He, before that section, Adam and Eve, he had men and women he made. I know that gets confusing for people that then they jumped, they cut like cutting into another time with Adam and Eve after men and women. You know, I understand that. But I take it as true. He created men and women. I take it at face value. I, there's no need for me to... You try to be a smart aleck with this one. Okay, so he made men and women, and he said, you know, and, and, and to have dominion over everything that he had made, all the animal, everything, to be stewards of the earth. But first, the most important thing is man made in the image of God. Um... And sometimes God is plural, like we and all that. I mean, there is there are there are these various shades, but I'm not going to go there right now. I'm just just going to go with a single voice. Uh, and man was tasked with a certain duty, and that you know was not necessarily tilling the earth. Oh, there he goes. He's uh, Eli must be out there. Yeah, he's there. That's uh, the happiest dog alive, right here. I guess that Dasha was a troubled soul. She might have been. Me and Dasha would sit there at times, you know, looking at each other like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. God bless the tortured children and heal them, please, Lord. Because the trauma is so deep, they never get over it. I used to say... It would take me a lifetime, my entire life, to heal from what happened when I was just a toddler. It would take my entire life to heal from what happened when I was a teenager, when I was betrayed and when I was set up for death by my own family. That I don't think I would ever get over it. In fact, I've the only progress I really made was First of all, knowing it happens, <laughs> and, and that I'm not alone. I mean, that's a big step forward. The other thing was healing the splits and the shatteredness. You know, Woody Keith meets Zeph Daniel, which is kind of like, which actually happens in this documentary that's happening. It's kind of exciting, and looking at me is not so exciting, but, but that 
event is kind of exciting because it's a kind of a, a split that gets healed, you know, but the overall healing, in other words, will that, those things stay away, those, you know, and, and all that. Well, you, you get better, you get wise, you get wiser, you get understanding, but then it still happens. This morning, what I said to the Lord was, you know, I had to get up. I, I couldn't just go back to sleep. I had to get up and say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, this is obviously not the way to go here. Sometimes it's caused by an imbalance in diet, you know, or drinking too much, or taking drugs that don't, you know, that even prescription drugs that are not right. Imbalances can cause, you know, um, flare-ups and, and, and recreations of the, of the trauma. And um, then what I'm aware of with the trauma is that everybody gets trauma intentionally for the purpose of control. But what usually happens is they fall into line. You know, and, and that's... Uh, I don't think people like us can understand falling in the line after we want to find out, well, what happened and why did it happen and... How do I, you know, live now? How can I? I got Christ. I got every reason to be rejoicing. I mean, here we are in Jesus. We're we're flung into it, and we always were. But then there's that thorn. So I flip to Paul and I say, Paul, who is Saul? What's that thorn, baby? I, ouch. Because he had the same thing, right? And his, I'm not even going to speculate <clears throat> what his issues were, but um, he not only had to go celibate, he had to, uh, you know, be, and, and he admonished, you know, everyone to be in prayer constantly to avert uh, going backwards. Because when you go backwards... Nothing gets accomplished except for poor me. I'm depressed. I'm defeated. I failed. I hurt. I don't have the strength to go on. My body doesn't work like it used to. And... um so part of the trauma of being alive is entropy. In other words, the body wearing down, too. It becomes a trauma, a betrayal. I think most people, if they're being honest, will tell you that most people never get to the point of understanding everything where they could say, it's, you know, my body has betrayed, you know, my body is betrayal. The clock is betrayal. Yes, the clock is your enemy, dude. Yes. This time limitation is in that need to discern and figure out, okay, Lord, I got so much time left. What do I do? Going so fast, what do I do? Death doesn't even seem like death anymore. It just seems it was a door, and now it's become a window. And I can see people over there. They're getting along just fine. So they're not dead. 
that's a leap of faith. But anyway, so these trauma, these things, and some people are called to do a lot of fasting and prayer, you know, because the flesh is weak, you know, and everybody gets this trauma. You know, whether you're a dumpster baby or you're born into privilege or you're born in the, in the slums of Pakistan and, you know, like our friends, and, you know, with their orphanages and, and, and you know, and, and, or in a, in a brothel, whatever. Um, you know, everybody gets the same thing, a chance to see what God can do. And that's really what it is. How can God help you when you're so far down that all you think about is suicide all day long? Every day. And um, okay, so part of that, first of all, if you feel suicidal all day long, then you are way down there and nothing can reach you. So you have to repent for that. No, no, I'm telling you, you, you have to take action. You have to actually repent for feeling sorry for yourself. You have to repent for being dramatic with the "I'll kill myself" because it, killing yourself is irrelevant, right? It's is you know, it's, it's a non-action. You, go, you you do it. It's just it it's a big nothing. It's a um. It's like so you want to be as if you never were that you know wiping yourself out forever, but that won't do it. See. There, there, whatever you hope to accomplish, you can't accomplish through suicide. It's just you're saying, I'm a baby, and wah, 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 and I disagree with, you know, with my maker, so I'm just going to, you know, screw you, buddy, and kill myself. And, you know, all you did was just prove you were uh, immature, and uh, you were arrogant, prideful, hateful but most of all, arrogant. And that pride, you're probably suicidal because God is smacking that pride right out of you right now. Right? And then you're like, well, why would you leave me in the dump like this, Lord? The betrayal of God. And then the admonishment, of course, the cure, as you know, is forgiveness. The cure is you must forgive God, even though that's, of course, absurd. But it, it's not absurd in our own feeble little minds, you know, but it's absurd in the big picture. And in so doing then, while that's going on, you must forgive humanity. That means in total. But why would you do that? Well, actually, you couldn't forgive in the way you think, like you give your blessing... Your blessing is meaningless. Your cruelty is, you know, all your, your edicts are meaningless is what I mean to say. And let me try to clarify this so that it's really, really good. So forgiveness is not your edict. I forgive you. And I forgive you. I'm feeling my heart's opening. I forgive everybody. You know, well, that may be a a beginning, but that's not forgiveness. Usually, most of the problems that we experience are due to lack of forgiveness. 
So what is forgiveness? It's, it's not, it's, yes, it's a voluntary act, but it's also an involuntary act. It's kind of like, well, to accomplish that, you need more faith. Then I will myself more faith. I sing more psalms and I do more things, more faith. I'm, I'm doing it to get more faith so I can do this. And none of that works out. It all goes down the, the crapper. Why is that? Because your will. Uh, you're not God. <laughs> now you're playing God. I'm going to get more faith and now I'm going to get this thing done. I'm going to go ahead and forgive everybody because God says I can't go to heaven unless I forgive everybody. So everybody, you're all forgiven. Oh, but they're not, sir. Let the sir be me. Let it be between us. You say you forgive, but you're still traumatized. You say you forgive and you're, you're doing much better. I mean, wow, you know, a lot of growth, but you're still not there. You say you forgive, but you stumble. How can that be? And had you forgiven, you wouldn't be here right now. I don't know where you would be exactly in all these dimensions, but you wouldn't be here. Here meaning in this limited space right now. You wouldn't be. So how can you forgive? Well, you, actually, you can't. And that's where it really gets... Well, how then what are we talking about here? We're talking about the evacuation of anything that really hurt you, meaning it's, it's, it's not only not of mind, but it's not, um, you know, in, infecting your existence. It's not like you go... You have a memory of being beaten, let's say. And you go, oh, Lord, please forgive that person and forgive me for, you know. It's really, Lord, please forgive me for remembering that. But then again, how can I, how can it become like nothing in my life? And so, well, that's the, the riddle of forgiveness. You see, Jesus, he, when he was giving us the Lord's Prayer, and he was saying, you know, if you don't forgive, that your Father in heaven won't forgive you. I know that for a fact. And he didn't just mean, you know, how Jesus was. He was always looking at people's thoughts and, and you know, and inner motives, right? So he was talking about, you know, your soul, your spirit. The only way to ascend from here is to not having any of these things called experiences holding you back. Example. Well, I just got to settle the score here and then I'm ready to go, Lord. You know what he'd say to you, don't you? I don't ever want to hear these words, but he'll say it to us all. Let the dead bury the dead. And go back and do whatever you got to do, and then after you've really forgiven people, come back. Uh-huh, he won't say that. 
You got to drop it right now. The whole thing. You got to drop it. Now, I know I, I wallow in the, in the past. I wallow in all these things. And it's gotten much better in the sense that... But for me to truly heal, i.e. also to forgive, it would take about three or 400 years more. You know, when you uh, discipline an, an animal like this precious little dog here, they, they're hurt for a second because they're, they're, they, they want to please you so much. They want to please you so much. And when they see you're disappointed, it just breaks their heart. And they go sulk. And then when that is over, that discipline thing is over and everything, they're back, playful, everything is, you know, brand new again. They hold no grudge. I don't know if you beat them every day, they would, but I'm just saying they hold no grudge. You're back to, to square one, everything is great. And that disciplinary session had to do with either house training or don't chew on this or don't do that or don't destroy that or leave that old dog alone. You know, one of those kind of things. But it's forgotten completely right in the, the minute that it's spoken pretty much and it's taken care of. It's forgotten. But humans, we don't do that. We hold on to that. Now, I don't want to hold on to anything. But I have to hold on because, and now you're just going to have to forgive me for being so brutally ridiculous. But I have to hold on in order to justify my existence or my behavior. I can't do this because that happened to me. I can't go in this building for some reason. I don't know why, but it was, you know, trace it back somewhere. I have social phobias because I don't know. I just, I'm just sitting here with a big block and I'm trying to overcome it, but I just can't. Lord, please help me. Nothing. What's going on there? What are social phobias. I can't go in the building. Okay. Brother, would you, let me call you up. Brother, hey, hello? Would you pray for me, please? I'm just trying to go in the building to get, I need to just get a couple of groceries and go home. And I, all of a sudden there's this like huge block. I can't even get out of the car. Could you help me? Any of you have that? I think that runs in, well, me and Francesca have that. Sometimes it's so bad, I can't go outside the front door. And I said, well, I thought all that cleared up back in the, uh, you know, back in the, the, you know, the late 80s and early 90s. It never did clear up. I just learned to manage it and, you know, it kind of went underground. But yeah, it's, 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 it's worse than, you know, I remember my, uh, I arranged a, a funeral for my mother, and of course we had wrestled with her multiple personalities, including one, a murderer. And, you know, there were some really, really violent things that happened and really bad things. But I arranged that funeral and arranged it so that, you know, 
she had a a, a crypt picked out at uh, oh how lovely oh how wonderful she had a crypt picked out at Forest Lawn and my father had one too and it was going to be a his and hers crypt so arranged the little funeral at the crypt you know for her you know a few you know I don't know ten friends she had, she was down to like almost no friends anyway you know just people that were trying to exploit her so. You know, and how could she have friends? You know what I mean? With when you're stabbing people in the back all day long. So uh, anyway, so so they had it, and and I um, there's no way that I uh, even uh, thought about attending. I threw the funeral, like throwing a party for her little friends, and um, and then didn't go. Uh, intentionally because it was like one of those blocks. And what happened in not going is God protected us from a possible assassination. Okay. So you understand how God works using things like, you know, so I couldn't say, well, this phobia... Of going to, I mean, I think the last one I went to in family wise, I went to my brother's funeral, in which my, um, you know, it's really bizarre in the late 80s. My mother hopped into the car, the car as we we're leaving. It was in North San Diego County, I think, the graveyard. I don't even know, I never went back. And, uh, she wipes the crock tears and she starts laughing her ass off. And he goes, how did I do? <laughs> like that. And I just, it could not, I mean, yes, I believed it, but it was just like, you know, you know, and then, you know, just, just, uh, you know, add some soap opera to this. Then turned around and sued the widow, accusing her of witchcraft in killing my brother. And got a million dollars wrongful death settlement out of her. The detectives, you know, the autopsy, he just died at 33 years old of natural causes. He was just too fat or whatever, you know. And then I remember hiring this detective and trying to find out, you know, what the hell. But anyway, it it, it amounted to her winning a, um, you know, this lawsuit. And I, I think, well... Imagine the the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, here we have these dueling witches killing their husbands because I mean she off she off my father pretty easily. Her and her boyfriend. Um, we tried to keep him alive, but uh, they I think they were feeding him like what they were feeding Rick. I think they were feeding Rick, you know. This you know you know the poison of oleander I think is what we ended up just being. It had we were we had some proof because otherwise you wouldn't get a settlement. And it was it was paid out too without question. There was no appeal on the part of the uh, evil widow. One day I'm going to remember it all because I mean I you know I never said anything about it here. But there's no reason to hold back now.
But you see, that phobia that could have been linked to unforgiveness saved our ass many times. They're waiting with the long knives. Why? Anything of God, because I'm of God, that's why. And because it was like um, I'd been of God when I was little. You got your squeaky? I got this squeak toy. I hope I don't regret it. That's a good one. Uh, but anyway, okay, so all this stuff, you know, all this insane, just insane trauma that would put most people away for their life and 25 other lives has to be forgiven. Must be. At the same time, I don't know why I can't go into this store right now or into this building. I, I, I just can't. Okay, move on. Because that instinct has saved, you know, lives many times too. So where do we then come in with the forget? Do we, is it the trauma? And then we did, was it trauma? We got triggered or did God use that trigger trauma to avoid a, a, a confrontation in that building or at that party or at that funeral or at that wedding? What else do we do? We hang at the bar. That's about it. Um, so then you go back to the drawing board and say, yes, but Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I'm feeling like I'm failing, and I'm failing you worst of all, Lord. And then the word comes in. A friend comes up to you, and he puts his arm on your shoulder, and he says, hey, brother, I got this word the Lord, the Lord wants me to give you. It's, it's about forgiveness. It's, uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> and he gives you like, you know, Sermon on the Mound, and he gives you, you know, like the Lord's Prayer and you know, that whole bit. And uh, you go, thank you, brother. Yeah, okay, here we go again. Where is this going? And I have the answer. I'm leading up to it. I'm leading up to it, folks. I'm just waiting for God to, to give it to me. I mean, I have it. I have all the answers, but I mean, God has to give it to me, or I can't give it to you. It has something to do with, and this is going to be hard to put into words, it, 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 true forgiveness has something to do with motion. And, and you know, you've heard the term flow. And, you know, when you see a river, you see a river and it's, Flowing nicely. Around here, these rivers, they don't flow nicely. They're just, you know, flooding and killing the cattle and killing everybody. You know what I mean? And then they're dry, you know, bone dry. And that's the, the, the you know, the Southwest. That's just the way it is. And, um, but then you see that nice river maybe up north, you know, in Colorado. We've got some great rivers up in Gunnison and all around there, you know, through Moab and Moab. Does Moab have a river? Oh, forget. But, you know, there's rivers up there. Then the, there's the lower Colorado, the Animus River. And they're flowing along, and, you know, there are rocks in the way, and little kayakers are going down the river. But when it's flowing good, 
you know, there's no obstructions. The, the, the people that are going down the river in their inner tubes and different things, they are, they're, you know, um, they're going at a nice pace. They're not too rushed. They're not, you know, if they do hit the rocks, they go around the rocks. You know what I mean? Nice and nice and easy, but at the same time having a nice day on the river. And uh, it's all nice when it flows like that. So in a sense, you know, when there's not forgiveness, the, nothing flows. It just stops. And we are on a journey to another place. This is not our home, right? If this was our home, Jesus would never have said, this is not my home. He'd never say, I'm going to prepare a place for you in your home. My kingdom is not of this world, even though we know he'll return. Uh, we have problems here at the uh, power station. So, um, but it's even, it's even more deep than that because you see when it looks like there's flow, I guess you're, you may be thinking between other people at home, sudden healing of mommy dearest, uh, your friends who hated you and were friends again, is there flow? And that's not exactly, you know, I forgive you. You know, that's, shoot, that's not, what, what am I missing here? What am I missing? I, you know, okay, it's like a flow, like a river. It flows and people are able to, to go on their journey. Yes, because you see, the journey down the river, even if you're in a, in a raft with other people, it's your journey. It's, it's your journey. All right. Well, I think I got. It said it squeaked when I bought it. <laughs> anyway, it's it's so cute. It's ridiculous, folks. It's your journey. It's my journey. You know, it's not the other guy sitting there with a paddle and in the raft, and you know the the captain of the of the raft is saying, you know, duck or lean left or right or whatever. It's it's not their journey either it's your journey you're on the airplane filled with people it's your journey you come into this world that's your journey you leave this world you go alone you come into this world you come in alone everything you do in this world you do alone it's your journey and then we're connected with all these other people family and you know friends and co-workers and and you know we've got a great um a great kind of what you might call a, a revival going people are going to discover that this america first thing or need to get the country back really is about the lord need to bring the lord back <laughs> that's what it, they'll figure it out I, i'm pretty sure there's i think people have had enough but at the same time how did all the how did everything move how did how did it all how did we get here, man? Uh, and we'll go through that in a minute, but back to the forgiveness. So instead of weighing it by time and, and uh, instead of weighing it by 
time, space, and uh, regression. Oh, it happened again. Oh, I hate myself. And I hate you and screw you and the hell with all of you. Oh, boy. We were doing so well. We were flowing. And now look. And um, all of a sudden it's come to a, a raging stop. And now we're, we're drunk and we're down and we're drugged up and we're you know, lusting and we're mad and we're hateful. And it's all boiled up and we just want to go get in a fight. Right? We just want to get in a fight. And uh, we forgive nothing and no one. And we're around other people that don't forgive either. And we're going to line up together as an army. And we're going to go defeat the enemy. And the whole thing has gone cascading down the river. We never forgave. We never forgot it. Nobody did. And everybody is fooling themselves. Because forgiveness, it's not something we do. Like faith, forgiveness happens to us. And we recognize that we, we, we have more faith. More gets accomplished. But forgiveness also has to do with passage. Forgiveness is... And I wish you could see this. It's, forgiveness is, is, in a sense, then a rite of passage because, see, it provides passage to the next world. People say on their deathbed, they let it all go. They have a deathbed confession, and they, and they truly forgive. They let everything go. And then they ascend. They say, I forgive my mother, I forgive my father, I forgive my brother, I forgive my brothers, I forgive my coworkers, I forgive my, the prosecutors, I forgive the... the, the the hookers, I forgive the you know the, the drug drug dealers. I forgive the uh, liquor store owners. I forgive the uh, a lot of these people don't need to be forgiven. The way you're thinking, forgiveness only ends up meaning more unforgiveness in those cases. So how do I get through this conundrum called forgiveness? And um, how can I, you know, and there is an answer. And the answer is, number one, if you're truly ready, forgiveness will happen to you. In other words, you forgiving everything, everyone, whatever, that, that will happen to you. You can't tell me that when forgiveness happens to a man dying on his deathbed and it's a true experience and there are witnesses that that man is not going to the Lord. Oh boy, he's really he's really he's 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 fast, folks, he's so fast. There he goes. Uh Ben. 
<laughs> and I, I'm sorry to be laughing during this. This is not supposed to be a heavy message, but forgiveness happens. Or it doesn't happen. And I know that's hard for people to understand. But we have to start understanding those kind of principles of God. You know, that if it, you know, if you do not forgive, I will not forgive you. Okay, so the Lord forgives in the Bible, let's say. Let's talk about some of the great. You know, if the my people would repent for their transgressions, you know, and apologize and lift me up to my status, most high God, and worship me, I will forgive all of their sins. So, forgiveness is an exchange. If people would, therefore, forgive me, God, whether deserved or not, whether sought or unsought, I will forgive them. So forgiveness also, you know, revolves around the idea of repentance. There's also another aspect of forgiveness. And that is, when you see the other guy that you think is your opponent, and, and no, no, no teeth. Now you know no teeth. You're just trying to get me away from this microphone. And I forgive you. <laughs> Come on. Okay, they got to get him outside eventually. Oh, the sun's going to rise here. So, okay, I'm going to try, Trish, if you don't mind. Do you want me to take him out? No, no, I'm just trying to, you know, I must be unforgiving. Or this, you know, I'd have more flow. So, Forgiveness happens. Um, forgiveness of God is shown as an action.